Man, the NBA preseason is finally here. Are the Adelaide 36ers that good? Or are the Sun Phoenix Suns that bad? The GMs of the league have spoken in their latest survey. I'm Rosa Panza. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling great. Great to see you guys. Man, it's great to see you too. John, how you living, my friend? I am doing great. Ben Simmons is back. JJ's favorite player. Let's Woo! get it. <laughs> Sammy, how you living, my friend? Just enjoying the best sports month of the year, my friend. Oh, absolutely. And you know, the preseason brought us some quick hit news. And here we go. Jamal Murray's first game after 539 days. He was out with a serious leg injury, and he's finally back for uh, the Denver Nuggets. He had 10 points, four for seven from, from the field, two for three from three-point land. And then also Michael Porter Jr., who's known to have back issues, had 12 points, five for seven, and two for four from three-pointers. We're seeing a lot of guys back in the preseason, and hopefully they stay healthy. I know it's just the start. So the Warriors had their trip to Japan and everyone was excited to see who James Wiseman, their next vertical threat, hopefully a key contributor in the center position. In his first game, he scored 20 points and nine rebounds, but uh, a little tidbit from the Draymond show today, he was very impressed how Wiseman anchored the defense's communication. So really excited to see what Wiseman could do since he left all of last year. Speaking of wow. guys coming back, Zion, Zion Williamson. You guys remember that name? He had 13 <laughs> points, four rebounds, one assist at the end of the third quarter. So a light game for him, but it's good to see him back. I mean, this is all the guys we're listing here is like the all injured team, but I mean, they are coming back from injury, so hopefully they stay healthy. Wow. Speaking of injured, Kawhi Leonard and his Maurice Jones Drew size legs also <laughs> returned. <laughs> He's protecting those knees, boys. And as a Clippers fan, I am here for it. Back on the court after 476 days in Seattle, actually, against Portland. And he looked like Hawaii. That was the good news. He looked like himself, played played a solid game in, in the time, 11-4-2. And most importantly, just seemed that like he didn't have too much rust to knock off. Indeed. P PG also played pretty solid ball, 12-7-2, and John Wall made his Clippers debut, played about 14 minutes off the bench. Looks like he's going to start the season there, but all three players considering their layoffs, especially Wall and Kawhi, look solid. So good start for the Clippers. So as, mentioned, uh, as Sammy mentioned, the Clippers played the Blazers in Seattle, and Dame had his first game back after 276 days. He actually went off, guys, 16 points. Three rebounds and two assists. Had a few shots up, more than I expected for a first preseason game, but got to get your legs underneath you in the preseason, so come regular season, you're good to go. And one more long-standing return. Ben Simmons finally suited up for the Nets. First game since the Game 7 debacle with Atlanta, against Atlanta when he was in Philly. He had six points, five assists, four rebounds. Unfortunately, one or two shots that hit the backboard and nothing else. Got a little booed by the Brooklyn fans. I uh, I have no idea what to expect from the Nets this year, but you know, end of the day, I'm glad to see him back on the court. Man, guys, was 
was that was were the blue wings really like warranted for ben simmons here already by the brooklyn fans what do you guys think oh man do you uh do you hurt the feelings of a fragile horse <laughs> right before the Kentucky Derby, no less. No, yeah. man, you got to cheer him on this first game. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what Brooklyn fans are doing, man. But, you know, let's get to the topics here. We have quite a doozy for the first one. The Phoenix Suns took an unexpected L to the Adelaide 36ers. It went 134 to 124. And basically, who are the 36ers? Well, they're an Australian National Basketball League team, and they played on Sunday. And the Phoenix Suns actually became the first team to lose a preseason game to a non-NBA team since the Oklahoma City Thunder lost to Real Madrid in 2016. So it's been six years since the last time this has happened. And boys, I, I have to ask you guys, do we need to, are we properly reacting to this loss? Like people are saying the sky is falling for the Phoenix Suns. There's no way they're gonna like get back to championship contention. This team is obviously broken. What do you guys think? I think they should blow it up. Oh. The entire team. I'm totally kidding, by the way. That's that's yeah. a little bit of an. I was gonna ask. I was gonna say, was it because of this loss or, or why? Oh well, yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. That's where I was going. This was the nail um, in the coffin. I mean, I mean, realistically, no. Right? It's preseason. I don't think we should put much stock into this, but I'm gonna. I I just think it's funny that the narrative and the media is portraying it like it's a big deal and i'm gonna go with it i think it's awesome i don't know who the adelaide 36ers are is this like a copyright infringement from the philadelphia 76ers <laughs> i don't know what's going on with this team i don't know who's on the team i just saw the news one day and i was like who why are people flipping out why is twitter going off and then i noted i realized that chris paul's phoenix Suns lost to the adelaide 36ers and my god that it's quite a story i gotta say i don't know what do you guys think about this this is this is outrageous if it was a preseason game by itself no prior history nothing else that just happened i don't think it would matter but man it's been a rough four months in phoenix hasn't it like just i i guarantee you adelaide covered the spread i will say that much to start this <laughs> off but you can bet on this game I guarantee you can bet on this one. There are a lot of degenerates oh out there goodness. like myself, my friend. So I need to know the odds on this one, man. Who who put this down 100 bucks on that? My best guess is that the spread for this game was probably Phoenix by 20, being conservative. Yeah. Let's put it that way. But, yeah, if it was just a preseason game, I wouldn't care. But the vibe around this team, even how they reacted after the game, is just, it's, it's a hot mess, man. They might come out now and win 10 straight to start the year, but... I don't think I'd bet any money on that. So, I I just, am I overreacting, Jay, June? Uh, you are not overreacting because basketball, as we all know it, is a game of confidence. Look at Ben Simmons versus a legend like Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant could have three straight free throws or three straight air balls and won't even, it won't even phase him. Ben Simmons can miss two free throws and he won't shoot for the rest of the series. It's all about confidence. And like what you said, I don't think the Suns have any confidence whatsoever. And like, I want, I know people are going to say, well, it's just a preseason game. 
Do you guys know the talent disparity between this team and an NBA team? This team, the 36ers, are not even good enough, these players, to be in the G League. The G League, fellas, they are 10th in the Australian League. 10th overall for the overall record. The Caps differential between the two teams is about 359 million. So let me go back. You know, football players always say preseason. You don't, you take it with a grain of salt with what's good, but with what's bad, you do a deep dive because you want to fix it. So what you do good is, you know, whatever. You should be doing good. But if you're doing things that are totally bad, you have to self-reflect. Sons, self-reflect because it does not look good. Yo, real fast. I'm sorry. I had to do a little bit of Googling, but did you guys know that? Look at the Adelaide 36ers logo. I don't know if you guys have. You can look it up real quick. <laughs> and then I, right I, I looked at it and I said, this looks really familiar. So it's kind of like a bird. I don't know what kind of bird it is, a hawk yeah. or something. That is this very similar to the New Orleans Pelicans That's logo. Exactly what so I there's thought like two, two, two forms of copyright infringement here. The name from the 76ers and the logo from the Pelicans. Well, What's right going now, on here? Well, right now the Suns are impersonating a basketball team, so there's three. Okay. Uh, got there, so. okay. Shots fired, dude. That's fired. Like I'm, I'm with JJ here. Like, like I know that it's just a preseason game, but in the back of my mind. Like, like, does does Michael Jordan let this happen? If he's playing in a preseason game, I don't think he lets it happen. Does Kobe let this happen? Does it? Does Giannis Antetokounmpo? Would he let this happen too? I I don't know if any superstar would ever let this happen to their team. And like, I'm looking at Chris Paul here. I'm looking at Devin Booker here. I'm looking at DeAndre Ayton here. I know that there's like a bunch of turmoil like going on around you, but how do you not have a sense of pride and not lose to the 36ers? Thank you. That is absolutely crazy. And, you know, for a fun fact, the Phoenix Suns, uh, their roster budget is 260 million. Adelaide, they they have 1.2 million in comparison, (laughs) which is absolutely crazy. Devin Booker, after this game, um, he posted a snippet of LeBron James's infamous all the people that was rooting for me to fail and basically saying like all these people are going to go back home to their same problems at the end of the day, blah, 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 blah. This was after LeBron James had a meltdown in, in 2011. What do you guys think of Devin Booker's like clap back to everyone criticizing the Phoenix Suns? It's so dumb. And the reason why it's dumb is because, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at this, is that he, by doing this, he is saying, he's equating the situation here with the Suns to the same one that LeBron faced, which was losing in the finals. Mm-hmm. And those are two completely different scenarios. One is a few games away from winning it all. And this is a preseason game to the Adelaide 36ers, which I get it. He's getting ragged on. He's getting smoked on social media. But you're using that same clip and the context is way different and it just makes you look, it makes it look really weak. I'll say that. I'm, I'm with you. The fact that, the fact that that was the way Booker chose to react. Like this team has such bad use of social media. You remember when they beat the Warriors back in March and they, 
had that staged workout after the game. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> this team is terrible with social media, man. Just, just stop. Like, you, they need to go on a social media blackout for the year because it ain't. It's not productive. Yep. The common comment, most popular, top upvoted comment that you see on every single social media site, Reddit, YouTube is Luca owned the Suns, and you know what started it all? When Devin Booker was on the floor, saying pretending to be hurt. And he got up and was smiling and said, the Luka special. And oh, then yeah. the Mavs went on a winning streak and beat them at home. So Devin Booker right now, I mean, I'm all for trash talk, but dude, you do not look good. You got to back it up now. And yeah. you haven't, you didn't back it up that game. So I don't think I'm with the fellas here. You lost to the 36ers, not the 76ers, the 36ers. <laughs> this is Almost. so weird, man. More than less, less, more than less, more than half, less. <laughs> I was 76ers. <laughs> For all you math wizards. I never thought I would see something like this, man. This is absolutely crazy. And, you know, the news just keeps coming for the Phoenix Suns. Apparently, Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton haven't spoken since game seven. And Monty Williams had this to say. He said, we don't need to air anything out. That's my point. I'm not going to keep addressing that. It's like he's the player, I'm the coach, just like with Book and Chris and Mikhail, um, gets his work done every day. He's 22 and 12 in 20 minutes. Those are the kind of things that we expect from him. I don't need to sit down and talk about him. And DeAndre Ayton said this. He said, I haven't spoken to him at all ever since the game. I can show him better than I could tell him. It's life. Nobody cares about the uncomfortable nature of it. It's how you perform and what you bring to the table. What's said is already said. So this relationship, I feel like the media is kind of probing and kind of wondering why it looks so broken from the outside. And what they're saying is like, hey, this is just normal coach player relationship. Do you guys agree with, um, I guess, Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton's assessment of their relationship? No way, dude. That's not everyone saw the debacle of what happened on like within game seven and we saw Aiton and Monty Williams have that tension and to not speak to a player that had contract talks as well until the preseason is insane like someone needs to be the adult in the room Monty Williams is the coach Aiden needs to step it up too like they're both at fault, but come on, man. What is this? High school? Mean girls? Talk it over. <laughs> it's all about chemistry, man. You got to play with love. That's like one of the mantras that Phil Jackson and Steve Kerr always implemented in their teams. Play with the joy, play with love. And you could totally see that uh, Monty Williams and Aiden, they're like dad and son mad at each other, you know? Yeah, man, for sure. And you can you can just see that Aiden, no matter what Aiden says, he's obviously not happy there. He no, wanted yeah. to leave. It's very clear. He has a bit of a beef because they clearly didn't want to pay him and they, they wanted to save money. They wouldn't just give him his max extension. They waited intentionally to short him a year. He came back to camp and we talked about this last week. That was the most miserable media day that anybody had by far. It's It just... 
It does it does make you wonder if I remember correctly, players who got signed this offseason can get traded. I want to say it's in either December or January. January, yeah. January. Okay, so if the sky really is starting starting to fall in Phoenix and this team is in like the ninth seed in January, it makes me wonder if they would actually put him out there and trade him. Do you think they could be in ninth, Sammy? With how the West looks, it wouldn't completely shock me. Honestly, like... In, it wouldn't in my, shock me either. Yeah, I mean, John, what do you think? I think Aiton's going to get traded before... How soon? I think he's going to get traded before the deadline. Okay. That's Indiana. my guess. They can't trade him to Indiana. I do want to put that out there. They cannot right. trade him to Indiana until next season. So it would be another oh. team. That's part of the rules of uh, the offer sheet rules are weird, man. Yeah, th- this entire story and this what what Monty Williams is saying here, it does not compute with me. It's completely ridiculous. And I, to be frank, and I think JJ hit on the nail on the head is that when you have issues with somebody in any workplace, wherever it may be, you don't just ignore it and disregard it. That's not how you get over it. That's not how you you come to a, a resolution and by saying all of these things it just it just reiterates my notion that there's a lot of trouble in, in Phoenix Suns land and I think I think it's totally possible that they could be nice they could even you know surprise me and I hope I am well Chris Paul's <laughs> on the team I don't want to say I hope because I know that there are Phoenix Suns fans watching but I will say this I think that DeAndre Ayton is going to be traded. Just there's just too much uh, friction here for me, and I think he's going to be gone by by the, the by the deadline. I just don't know what they're doing. Like, especially Monty Williams. Like, he's got to be able to manage a team, right? Yeah. And like, I don't know why I'm hearing like JJ's voice in my head right now, but like, don't be weird. You know what I mean? Like, Don't be weird. they are both making it so weird and so unusual. Like, you benched, you benched DeAndre Ayton in an important game seven. He only played 17 minutes. You don't think that warrants a conversation? You don't think that warrants like, hey, next time I want to see this, this, and this from you. And then I'll play you for more of that game. I just couldn't play you in that game. I'm sorry. Like, why aren't these conversations happening between these two? And... I mean, it, it all, it's all coming out against the 36ers, apparently. <laughs> this is embarrassing, dude. But anyway, we're going to get to our next topic here. And it's about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar calling out Kyrie Irving. Apparently, Kyrie Irving thinks fondly of Alex Jones. And Abdul-Jabbar said this. He said, Alex Jones is one of the most despicable human beings alive. And to associate with him means you share his stench. Dang. That's a crazy quote. He goes on by saying Kyrie Irving would be dismissed as a comical buffoon if it weren't for his influence over young people who look at look up to athletes. When I look at some of the athletes who have used their status to, to actually improve society, Colin Kaepernick, LeBron James, Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell, Billie Jean King, Arthur Ashe, and more, it becomes clear how much Irving has tarnished the reputations of all athletes who strive to be seen as more than dumb jocks. What do you guys think of Kareem's clapback at Kyrie Irving here? 
Or maybe not a clap back, just clap at. Dang. That's like the craziest. Who wants to walk the plank here I, I, and uh, tread carefully first? Well, I think we could all agree that Kareem, well, it's not even like an, a debate or argument. Kareem did play during Ella era where, you know, like there was segregation, there was racial divide, and he sees it even now today. And Kareem has all been about, you know, uh, political stances and social justice. And when he sees Kyrie and what Kyrie has been doing, it doesn't align with his beliefs. And one thing that I do respect with Kareem, and not saying that I disagree or agree, is that at least he's being honest, which he's always been. Yeah. Boys, yeah, he, yeah, he he definitely, I mean, he didn't mince words here. I'll say that. And I think we could all agree. He, he definitely went in with a fully loaded clip. And <laughs> like JJ said, I mean, we live in a country with freedom of speech. And he can, you know, as Kyrie obviously can say what he thinks or believes, regardless of how people feel about it or, or may disagree, which I'm sure a lot do. Um, Kareem has that same privilege. And that's kind of the beauty of the country, regardless of what people may think um you know it's a it's a it's a tough situation it's, it's sensitive obviously and and i think that you know I, I think i kind of agree with him in the sense that you know athletes or people in the spotlight regardless of whether you're an athlete or an actor actress somebody who's famous who has a lot of followers who gains a lot of who has a lot of eyes on that person you know they do have a social responsibility they do have more responsibility in what they say and how they act and things that they do because they have a big influence and so you know yeah. it's um yeah it's just a it's just a tough situation creams like I, i'm not i don't totally disagree with what he's saying here but his relationship with the league as a whole is kind of complicated just going back like he notoriously did not get along with magic early on and like as we found out really hasn't connected to players in the league currently like some of the other older legends have so it's interesting to me in that it seems like he's not really willing or hasn't been in the past to you know mentor players or even just offer guidance or advice or anything or what have you and but he is willing to come after them negatively it's kind of like he's only looking to go on one side and not the other to me and like I said, this doesn't mean I support how Kyrie's acted the last two years, because frankly, I, I don't, and I haven't at all. But at the same time, it's just interesting that Kareem really, like, it seems like we only hear from him when it's a negative comment. I'll, I'll say that, because I remember last year, I think he said something about LeBron also that was relatively negative. I think it had to do yeah. with maybe an IG post or something like that. But... Yeah. Sounds, that sounds familiar. And LeBron yeah. James actually like replied to this and saying that like he had he has no thoughts or and like no relationship with Kareem, even though yeah. he's chasing for the scoring record. Uh, go go ahead, Sammy. No, no, no. That, that, but you make a perfect point by saying that. It's just like Kareem. If you ever think about it, when we talk about the greatest players of all time, no one really ever brings up Kareem as like the number one or two 
or even three guy in general, which is interesting only because he's had a record that up until this year looked like it was just not going to fall. And I really wonder if that's related to the fact that he was such a standoffish player and he kind of seems to be continuing that now at this stage of his life and his relationship with the league. So yeah. I don't know if those things are related, but I, I don't think it's not connected in some way because he just doesn't seem to be all that liked. Yeah. He, I, go ahead, Jay. He just has, like John said, he has expectations from these players, but it's a different generation. Like his ideal athlete is to speak out like what Sammy was saying, like what John was saying about social issues. But then you have Kyrie who talks about, you know, the flat earth, burning <laughs> sage. Like those are not part of his generational like values yeah yeah and I'll, I'll, I'll say this too is that i think sammy's right when, when he said it does seem like kareem is only saying things that are negative and i know that and i'm sure that he does stuff in the community i mean he has a history of it he like jj said he played basketball in his prime in a very tough social um atmosphere but perception is reality as they say and so when you're continuing to have these posts about you know just bringing down people regardless i mean i don't agree with Kyrie. i'll just i'll say that you know but like what good is it just to continue to knock people down and to maybe like reach out to him privately and say hey man you know what you're doing is not it's not good for you know your the influence that you have or something along those lines but just like i don't just don't see any positive I don't see any positivity coming from what Kareem is doing with these posts. I'll, I'll say that. There's like no point you're saying, right? Right. Like, yeah, like, go ahead. No, 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 go. What I was saying, or what I was going to say is, I mean, Kareem references LeBron James and Muhammad Ali and Bill Russell, which are like legendary athletes, right? I don't think anyone looks up to Kyrie that way. I don't think I don't think there's a kid out there that's like, yeah, I didn't get the vaccine because Kyrie didn't, or you know, I think the the Earth is flat because I heard from Kyrie Irving. Like, I don't think these people exist, but I do like see what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's concern is that maybe there's like a small chance that someone looks up to Kyrie that way. There's always dumb people, dude. That's that's also dumb people true. Listen, we look at our history of our world. Dumb people listen to dumb leaders, and it's led to, you know, drastic things happening. So yeah, that's that's absolutely true. But you know what, guys, we're actually gonna take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just. $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Wow. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow. 
All right, so we are going to spend the back half of this show exclusively focused on the NBA app GM survey. Results were released uh, just today, I believe. And so this survey is very extensive. We're going to focus on some of the bigger questions here, and let's toss around our analysis and see what we all think. So I'll start with the big question, of course. According to the GMs, who is going to win the finals this year? Only four teams got votes. The Milwaukee Bucks were the leader in the clubhouse at 43%. And second were the Warriors at 25%. And third were your LA Clippers at 21%. And in fourth, the Boston Celtics at 11%. Now, I will give one caveat here. We do not know when the GMs took this survey and if it was before or after the Udoka news. So I don't know if that would have affected these results at all. True. So, that being said, I'll ask you, I'll throw two questions out to my esteemed colleagues here. One, do you agree with this list, not in terms of percentage, but that these are the only four teams in terms of just, are these the only four teams that realistically have a shot at winning the championship? And two, do you agree with that order? And let's let's kick this off with the non-warrior fan of our panel here, yes. John. Thoughts? Oh man, wow. Um, n- no, I do not think that these are the only four teams on the contender list. Say it. Uh, <laughs> is it the Lakers? Listen, I mean, I, I feel like I telegraph. I feel like I telegraph that. I feel like I telegraphed it, right? But yeah. I, okay, I, I'll say this. I will say the Lakers because I I firmly believe that the Lakers are going to trade Westbrook for Miles Turner and Buddy Hill at some point this season. There's a huge. There was a huge rumor that they were considering it. They were really considering it, but they the Lakers. And this is a rumor, obviously. The Lakers decided to just let it roll and see the team for what it is because they added new pieces. But I feel like if it goes south, and there's a good chance it will with Westbrook still getting heavy minutes, I feel like they might pull the trigger and give up those two first-round picks. So if that trade does happen, I do think the Lakers are a contender. I think they're, they they fill in a lot of holes, and I think that they'll be up there. I'm, I wouldn't put them up like high percentage, but I'd put them in there. Um, sorry, and Sammy, what was your second the second part of that, your question? So of those four, what do you think of that order? Like, oh, do you okay. think of Milwaukee is rightfully, do you think Milwaukee should be the favorite this year, basically? Oh, man. You know what? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes because the last two years, they had injuries. And, I mean, you could honestly say that's the reason why. Well, last year they had an injury. I'm not sure if they had it two years. Two years ago, they won. Sorry. Yes. So last year they had a major injury to um, Middleton. So I think fully healthy, yes, they're up there. I mean, I feel like as a... I know what the Warrior fans are going to say. How can you disrespect the champion team like this? Um, but I, th- I think that the, the survey was just, you know, who do you realistically think is going to make it? And I think the Warriors are up there, but I think it, I think I'm with them. The sentiment is it's, it's hard to repeat. It's super hard to repeat in this league. And so that's probably why the Warriors are number two. But I, I kind of like this order, with the exception of the Celtics, obviously, with the Udoka news. So I'd probably remove them from the list. All right, you. You know, with with this list here, 
like the percentages wise, I, I want to say that these top three teams, they should be a lot closer. Like 43% is pretty heavy compared to the Warriors and the Clippers. But I think those three at the top, they should be almost like tied for first, in my opinion. Um, someone that I think they're missing, I want to say is the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I think they could have like 5% hmm. or something like that in there. Especially with, you know, everything going on with like the Boston Celtics and stuff like that. I might be a little too high on the, the Memphis Grizzlies, but what they showed last year is that they gave the Warriors the biggest problem. Even more than, than, than the Boston Celtics. So I'm looking at them to make another jump this next year. Interesting. I know Triple J isn't coming back until, what, six more months? Um, I, I want to say December. December? Okay. Yeah, so, so only a couple months. A couple months. I'm not high on the Grizzlies. I think they're actually going to have a target on their back <laughs> this year. And people are going to game plan better. Um, do I agree with the the order semi? Yes. Not necessarily. Like, in the past, if I'm going to go with my with my conditions, I would always give respect to the champs. Mm-hmm. And not to be a homer, but I do believe, like, last year, I always I gave it to the Bucks. But this year, I think the Warriors do deserve it. The LA Clippers, there's so much unknown. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of crazy that the Celtics, there are their fourth. Um, my contingent for the Bucks, though, and my argument against why they shouldn't be a heavy favorite is because the Nets brought them to a game seven without a healthy Kyrie or Harden. And Katie basically, you know, with the, his toe, lost that series. So. Can the Bucks beat a fully healthy Clippers, Warriors, and Celtics? Maybe the Celtics, but I don't know about the other two. That's a good point. And I just want to tie back into something you were both talking about. So there's two things I noticed here. One, clearly we're not overblown on Phoenix because they're not on this list either. <laughs> so the GMs don't think it's going to be a very good year there either. Secondly, on the, on the Memphis front, I just want to tie this in. In the Western Conference rankings, the GMs don't have a ton of respect for Memphis. They actually have them all the way down at fifth, below Phoenix and Denver. Wow. In in the Western Conference rankings, the Clippers and Warriors are 1-2. They got the same amount of first-place votes, and in the tiebreaker, the Clippers got slightly more second-place votes. Then it falls off a cliff. There is clearly among the GMs a a top tier of those two. And... uh, from there, Memphis is actually below Denver. Dallas and Minnesota are tied below them. Lakers are in at eight. New Orleans is in at nine. So for me, the fact that there's only four teams, just with how deep both conferences are, was the main thing that caught my eye. I didn't think any one team would get a 43% share at all. So June, I think it was you that was saying you thought those top three would be a little bit closer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually would imagine I figured the same and then a fifth and a sixth team there that maybe had like five, six percent. So I'm a little surprised it's all the way down. Memphis is an interesting one. Clearly, either other people think they need one more player. I don't know. if I don't want to say flash in the pan. I don't think they are. I think that's a very good team. But I wonder if some GMs think that they just caught the right wave last year and they're going to fall back a little bit. I don't know. So. That team was deep. I they they were without that. like Triple J and John Morant for a long time. And the they reason still, why they're not on here. 
Mm. is because Draymond Green's living rent free in their head. <laughs> so, I agree with you there, and that just makes me hope, and we'll get to this way long, way That's later true. in the season. Golden State and Memphis need to meet in the playoffs. I don't care what the yeah. seeds are, but there's going to be some like tasty playoff matchups down the line, and, and we'll get there. But I'm going to move on to the next big question, which was MVP. Very big set of two favorites here based on percentage. Luka got almost half the votes, 48% by himself. Dang. Giannis in at 34%. Embiid at 14 Curry at 3 So clearly wow. the GMs think this is a two-player race. Luka in his favor has the, the fact that he's never won it, which tends to help with the media. Is this Luka's year? June, started with you. Um, it's sure looking like it. But I think that Joel Embiid is getting mad disrespect here with only 14% of these votes. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with James Harden looking the way that he looks right now. I think Joel Embiid is primed to have a really nice team around him and to have probably a high seed. So with Dallas, like I'm I'm thinking six and down for their seed so for me i i would go with joel Embiid, like to be higher than luka Doncic, in my opinion it'd be Giannis Embiid, and then Doncic, in my opinion what about you boys we've talked about this numerous times but sammy you said this as well that the mvp talk is always what a narration Mm -hmm. it's always a storyline we don't even see Jokic here. And there's right. a great oh. possibility that Jokic with the additions of MPJ and um, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, he's going to have even better assists, more looks, and just better overall numbers. And the fact that they didn't even include him just proves our point that it's a narration. To have Luka there, where you could argue they're not going to be as good because they did lose some key contributors on the team it's kind of crazy i think Embiid, like june said continues to be disrespected and my surprise surprise kd's not even considered top five i was actually gonna ask that next yeah and he's uh he's always in the top three top two conversation so hmm. yeah that's what i think i feel like luca's a trap i don't know I could see Dallas being mediocre this year. Me too. And and I, I know that that plays a big part in the MVP, MVP narrative, right? Is your team has to be at least top three seeded. And I don't know if Dallas is there. I think they're going to be middle of the pack. And I think it's going to be hard to give him MVP unless a bunch of guys get injured and he just carries the team to the playoffs, which, you know, doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> Kobe Bryant in 2006 <laughs> um, so I think it's a little high uh, Giannis is always up there Joel I'll say for Philadelphia I, I can't back down now right I think Philadelphia should be on this list but I think it's the wrong person I think James Harden is going to be our court MVP for take that your team. swing man take yeah, you your swing taking, oh, man. I'm, I'm sticking hill, with dude. it I'm sticking with it hill. yeah I would die. I'm not 
I'll die on no hill. I'm gonna be you right. Gotta, you gotta put that in DraftKings, dude. <laughs> yes, yeah, man. I know. Throw it in. Ten dollars will probably win you four four G's right now. Four million. Least, four, million. Uh, <laughs> four million. It might. Um, put some respect on James Harden's name. How dare you? I will say for me, not that he should be the favorite because he shouldn't be. Little surprise, Tatum's not anywhere on this list. Yeah, that's the one that caught me. Uh, Tatum I agree, and Jokic. Sammy. Jokic, the only reason he's not on here is because I think in the history of the league, I don't know if anyone's ever won MVP three years in a row. And I wonder if the GM's one, assuming he's not going to do it one time. It's been done once by Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Okay. So I'm wondering if the GMs are assuming that. I'm kind of with you guys, um, June in particular, that MB should be a little bit higher because like, narrative's there, like, like you were saying, uh, Jay. But I'm just surprised that Tatum didn't even get five percent. That one, that one shocks me a little bit. I, I thought that he would be up there. I wonder if the end of the finals left a bad taste in these GMs' mouths, and maybe that's why he's not there. I also agree, John, on your point. Luca's been talked about. He's the MVP favorite this year and last year, and no one seems to remember outside of Westbrook, the sixth seed. Well, I guess Jokic did it this year, but. Unless we're going to start breaking that trend regularly, six seeds normally don't get it unless their performance is so insane. Unless they average a triple-double. Yeah, well, even if it's an empty one. <laughs> like Russell, uh, <laughs> Russell Westbrook. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I I have a hunch it's going to be Embiid. Me too. Call it a James. hunch. You yep. mean James Harden. <laughs> Joel Harden for MVP. Let's, let's make it happen. Just, just James Harden's going to be on the Just watch. There you go. With that, I will, I will move on to our next uh, question here. Let's talk about the breakout or most improved player. The GM's largely at the top of this. It's pretty divided, but it's usually as you would expect: second, third-year players. Ton of players got votes here, but at the top, Evan Mobley out of Cleveland, 21%. Kate Cunningham and Anthony Edwards came in tied for second at 17. Zion came in at 14. And just to throw how far all over the place this category is, some other votes: Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, Jalen Green, Tyrese Halliburton, Kaminga, Tyrese Maxey, Ben Simmons. I would assume Ben Simmons improves if he gets on the court, but that's another story. <laughs> Anthony Simons, Franz Wagner. This is everywhere. So is there a player that's not on this list that you think should be there? I know this is half the players in the league, so maybe not. Of these players, any particular thoughts? Anybody you like? and Anybody that, for one reason or the other, maybe shouldn't be on this list? John, let's start with you here. Um, no, I think the list is, is solid. I think, uh, <laughs> I know I'm going to get hate for this, but I'm, I'm going to say it. I legitimately, I legitimately think Anthony Davis, if we're basing it off of his performance last year, and the reason why I say that is because his performance last year was so bad that it looks so much better if he plays, not even, even if he doesn't even play up to par of his capabilities, if he plays decent, it's going to make it look still look that much better. So I think that's why I would pick him to have a better chance than most of these guys as most improved player because the perception of it is that he played so poorly last year that a, a, a pretty significant improvement is going to look that much better. 
Okay. JJ? The one person I don't agree that should be on the list is probably Anthony Edwards because I think he's already good, man. I think he's already a star. I disagree that John Morant should have won it last year. I don't know why he won because he wasn't most improved. He's an MVP candidate. So I think, you know, for the most deserving players, it should be a difference from where they were and how they are now. And I don't know how much more Anthony Edwards could get better. So that's that's my take from Most Improved. Thank okay. you, JJ, for saying that about John Morant, by the way, winning Most Improved Player of the yeah. Year last year, because that was ridiculous. Yeah. That was absolutely ridiculous. And I'm with you with that Anthony Edwards train. Even though he can, like, there's a big possibility he will improve this year. Like, take that next step, per se. I don't think you should award it to that guy. Um, for me, like Zion didn't play a game last year, and he's been largely injured. Um, I I don't think he's ever played like even more than thirty games or something like that per year. I can't w- remember what the exact stats are, but out of this list, Zion Williamson is probably the biggest swing because the talent is there, and now he's like in shape. We've all seen the pictures. Like it's it's night and day from last year, and now. He's got a squad around him. Like, B.I. looks good. Now he's got C.J. McCollum. I like that Pelican squad. So, for me, I want to say Zion Williamson's probably the biggest swing here. Um, But Evan Mobley is probably the safest choice, right? Because it's very established, that group already. They just added um, the guy from... Donovan Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. So, he's probably the safest choice here, but I'm going to go for the big swing. I think it's Zion. Zion should be at the top of this list. Okay, so I completely get where you're coming from. I do have one issue with Zion and Ben Simmons being on this list. My only issue is I don't necessarily like players on this list that didn't play last year. That's just me. I do get where you're coming from from Zion's rookie year to now. Simmons in particular, though, is even a bigger gripe for me because unless he learned how to shoot, he's going to be the same player. And that's not a bad... He's a good player. He's a it good didn't player. look like it in preseason. It didn't look like I it in preseason. You. But I'm just... its To me, it's like, are you saying he's most improved because he's playing now? And I honestly am not saying that from like a demeaning way, but it's just with Simmons in particular, like, it's linear. He is who he is. Unless his shooting changes, he is who he is. Do we all agree on that? Agreed. Yeah, so it doesn't make sense for me that he's on this list. Zion, I do get where you're coming from, at least. Like, you're talking improvement from his rookie year to now. So I can see it there. So I, I do like that swing. Um, I agree on the Mobley take. My swing on this is actually going to be Tyrese Halliburton. This is going to be the first year that he's he's the main player there, assuming Ooh. Turner and Heald get traded. And he's going to be given the keys and just let go. And there's not going to be a, another similar player in Fox fighting for minutes. I think he's going to have a really good year, albeit I think that team's going to be really bad. So we'll see if he gets noticed. I have no idea why Rudy Gobert is on this list. None. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. My best guess is that Minnesota's GM made that vote himself to justify <laughs> trading five picks for the guy. Nice. Um, Hey, man, I'm just saying. I also, I know we toss a little shade at Portland every now and again. I think Simons could be an underrated value at this at this uh, play, too. It wouldn't totally yeah. shock me if he's better than people think, only because in the past, 
We've seen that a complimentary guard will put up numbers next to uh, next to Dame. Right. Like so, their their guard situation so muddled though. They have like a very ton true. of guards. Very it's true. like ridiculous. Good point. Good point. Alright. Let's do uh, let's do one more question here and then we will uh, go from there. So the last question, just because it's it's interesting to me in terms of the glut of talent at it. Who's the best small forward in the NBA? And check out these names. Top of the list, KD at 45%. Tatum at 24. Doncic, who got votes at shooting guard, point guard, and small forward, came in at small forward at 17%. <laughs> LeBron at 10%. Kawhi at 3%. To put this in perspective, KD led the voting last year with 67% of the vote. Should KD still be number one on this list? And if not, who should be? So to kick this one off, I'm going to start with JJ. Would you guys, so I'll answer your question with a question, which is, would you guys and the majority of the public trade Durant for Tatum straight up? Because if you wouldn't, then you have to put Katie at number one. No. Because of I wouldn't do it. The, de- the defensive uh, discrepancy. So you would put Tatum one or Durant one? Durant over Tatum. I don't know if I would put Durant number one though. But go ahead. I'll 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 elaborate on that in a sec. We already know who you got number one. Go ahead. This is for a small forward though, right? <laughs> yes. Because if forward. we're gonna have a debate, yeah. I know where you're going with this, John. For your number one, are the players in that you guys have in mind? Are they true small forwards or power forwards? Because now we have to play this game since Luca's in like every damn position here. <laughs> well, do you want to? Okay, so right. That's I think a good that, question. I think it's that makes Luca question. the best small forward. Yes, that's where I was going. I actually wasn't going LeBron, even though yeah. Sammy thought I was. I was actually going Luca, and it's based on the position. Don't lie here. here. You like, don't have LeBron, to lie to kick it. No, no, it's for cool. real. Like LeBron, like I wouldn't even, yeah, three. I mean, he plays like LeBron James is like a one for anything. He's a, he's a small forward guard. I mean, he's the our best passer. He's a facilitator on the team. So that's why like categorizing this and, and putting them into positions is, you know, for going by small forward, you know, I put Luca on there. Yeah. Like he's I, really the only true, is he really the only true small forward on I, I Tatum, maybe? I consider Luca a small forward, to be honest with you. He's not a power forward. A I two? consider him a point guard. Oh, a point guard. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, hmm. small forward, man, small forward's evolved, hasn't it? You, you can put any type yeah. of player at that position now over the last few years. And if you really want to trace roots back, I almost look at this like Scottie Pippen's evolution of what that position became. Because yeah. you look at these players, man, these are five very different players in terms of how they yeah. play the game. So... I get where you're coming from saying Luca. I mean, June, who did you have at the top of this list? Well, if I'm just going with the list here, it, it's yeah, going to be go Luka the, Let's go with the list then. You got Luka it's going to be Luka Doncic. But if I'm going, like, if I'm going to be strict about this, like, yeah. who's really a small forward? I mean, it's going to be KD. It's going to be Kevin Durant. I mean, the way the, the way he stretches the floor, um, his shooting ability, his defense actually down low is really good. Um Oh my god. Just don't talk about the mentals here. <laughs> Just don't talk about that part. Dude. But Kevin Durant to me is probably number one here. I think uh I gotta 
insert myself here and uh please back up back up sammy i think people often forget how dominant Kawhi is on the defensive end and he could take over against with offense like he's top three when healthy i agree with you on that you know what's what's throwing me about this question is if you include health Three of the five players on this list are have not been very available the last three years, and that's right. KD, LeBron, and Kawhi. Because I'll I'll be frank with you, and this might shock you all, but if I took that out of this equation, I think I would actually put LeBron at the top of this list. Damn. Personally, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Where's uh, Jimmy Buckets? Why isn't he on the list? <laughs> oh yeah, he's that's at number good, six. That's no a worry. good one, John. <laughs> I, I, he did, he I mean, he gets—he definitely gets a lot of—I don't know—he just doesn't get a lot of respect. But he's—he's no. he's a heck of a player. No one could find him after he put in his extensions. They didn't think he was playing. <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> he's but, probably out of all the all the guys on this list. He's probably like—is he the most durable? I, I, I mean, I don't Luka, know. I, I put Luca or Tatum up in terms of durability okay. with him. Well, Luca never misses games. I mean, outside of what? I think he had a slight MCL sprain last year. He missed but he a few, only, yeah. Missed a few, but not much. He's usually out there every game, which is impressive just because without joking about it, I mean, up until this year, he never really took care of himself in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But this year he seemed to. So, yeah, yeah. see, the, you know what? This also, if we just look at this list and we call them small forwards, this is the most talented position in the league right now. Would you guys agree? Yes. Like I feel far. like more than more than point guard. I think point guard's up there too, but I feel like at the small forward, you're just responsible for so much. Yeah, you know, like your requirements are a lot more than everyone else. You know, because yeah. being a small forward, you also have to be able to like bang down low a little bit. You know, like play defense on the inside. Agreed. In my opinion, um, no, John, and you have to put... be like a perimeter defender. Yeah. And I think that's why this is such a diverse position, right? Because you can you can spin it any way, like about what these players have to do. Yeah. You know? And sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I want to go back to the point guard, just for comparison, John. Here's the names in the point guard, just really quick, so we can have a quick discussion about it. The top four they have on the point guard list, only four players made it. Steph got 72% of the vote, so you guys can feel justified that your boy clearly got number one. Luca came in at 14, CP came at 10, Trey came in at 3. That's the top four. So compare that to the top five I just gave you in small forward. You tell John me. Morant's not considered yeah, the one. Was ja, ja wasn't on there? Is the <laughs> positioning a little bit weird on these lists? The, like this, the, right, this, the yeah, what is this, dude? So, <laughs> Are we sure these are GMs? Yeah. <laughs> they they anyway. might be of the uh, 36ers. Um, but <laughs> but I'll, anyway. I'll leave it at that. Let's wrap it up. That's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, just to follow with what Sammy said earlier, best time of the month. We got football. We got basketball. Baseball playoffs. Let's go, baby. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you. Sammy, thanks for being on. Thanks, man. And I know we don't talk about it much on the show, but going to throw just a, just a tiny bit of love for hockey also starts this year, man. This is the one time a year you got four those four major sports running at one point. 
Absolutely. And shout out to our video producer, RJ, who's putting us on YouTube and Twitch. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rose Zapanta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. I think that's.